Welcome back to the Kaiku Podcast. Uh, my name is Corey. Chris is with me. Hello. Joining us, uh, as every year, for the Anime Secret Santa Podcast Packs. I'm back. It's been a while. Yeah. Actually, I don't think it's every year, but it's a lot of the years. I think it's been years, like, yeah. um, I think I missed one year since I started doing this with you guys, and that's because I was, like, traveling. All right. So, we're going to talk about some anime. Let's just go around the table talk about what we're talking about. Um, I'll start here. I guess. Uh, actually, what was my? You, well, do you want to explain Anime Secret Santa and well, and your relationship with it now? I guess I should. Um, you are the boss. Yeah. Um, Anime Secret Santa originally uh, conceived of by the Reverse Thieves. You submit a form. Uh, you submit your anime list that you would uh, my anime list or Anime Planet now since my anime list was like supporting Nazis or whatever. Um, I don't think those were the the exact details, but. It was something like that. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't good. I right, switched over. Um, anyway, yeah, you have a com- comprehensive list, semi-comprehensive list of what you've watched, and then you send that list in. You get a random person, just like any other Secret Santa, and uh, you suggest anime to them, and someone suggests anime to you, and then on December 25th, when Santa breaks into your house and leaves shit for you, you get who, uh, who picked what for who. Um... Depending on how fast people submit things in the day, uh, or in the month, I will post it sometime in on December 25th. Uh, and I'm doing that because after the first week of Scarlet uh, Vinny took over at AGC, and then now I'm doing it. Because Vinny was like, this is a lot of work. And it is a lot of work, but um, I, I don't mind the, the amount of work that went into it for me, at least. Uh, Vinny, was, uh, AGC, they did it for two years after Reverse Thieves retired it? Two or three or was years. was it just one year? Like that. It was at least it was two a couple years. years. I think it was yeah. three at least. Yeah. Um, the one I did like send someone's suggestions back to them because I wasn't reading stuff properly. <laughs> nah. <laughs> but uh, they emailed me back and was like, hey, this are, these are mine. Um, it also gives me an opportunity to use the Taiku at taikupodcast.com email. Um, if you're an emaily which, person, you feel like... Which may go message. straight to your spam. <laughs> <laughs> Corey yelling at me like, Chris, why are you sending our podcast to the spam? And it's like, this is the first time I've ever gotten one from us. <laughs> How dare you putting in the spam? <laughs> um, so we have uh, 19 participants this year. I think it's pretty much on par with what Vinny usually got. I don't know. But a uh, pretty good turnout um, for at least my first year. Jumping over from one person to another. Like, the Reverse Thieves got a lot in their last year. And then Vinny got Nog's money the next year. Um, seems to have a drop-off in participants, generally, I think. But. Well, Reverse Thieves was also... They, they're, they're really, they were really popular in the anime community. So they had a lot more reach mm-hmm. than AGC and absolutely more than us. Like, the, the fact that you got about as much that Vinny and... Uh, Diego got um, that's that's impressive on its own. Yeah, but uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what everyone watched, um, and I'm looking forward to uh, doing it next year, uh, and I'm, at least for the years to come. It's a fun little project. Yeah. Um, where were we? Oh, the anime that I'm watching. Uh, I have my whole list up here from my Santa. I know everyone's Santa, and I know everyone's suggesting all that, but. I won't say it yet, uh, because the first one will give it away immediately. So my first rec is Koji Yamamura's Franz Kafka's A Country Doctor. 
my next suggestion. Could that have been? <laughs> I have no idea. Obviously, it was me. Yeah. <laughs> I know how much you like Franz Kafka. True. Um, next suggestion is Inuo. I guess I forgot to log that, but I did put it in Letterboxd. Um, and the final suggestion is Heaven League Illusion, Tengoku, Daimakyo, which I don't know why the Hulu put it up like that when Egg already put it up as Heaven League Illusion, but whatever. Um, and then the backup recs here were Kaiji, uh, and I'm not going to watch Kaiji because I've read a lot of Kaiji at this point since Egg also put those out. And Pole Princess, which was YouTube-only anime. I ended up watching um, all of the ones that were not the things that I didn't watch or have already watched. So I watched uh, Country Doctor, Heavenly Illusion, and Pole Princess. Uh, Chris, what did you manage to get through? Uh, so, let's see. brought up my list. So, the, the, whoever uh, is my secret Santa, they have to listen to this podcast because they, they, they hit sweet spots. Uh, lots of movies, lots of weird, you know, cerebral type uh, stuff. So, um, but the main three picks were... Belladonna of Sadness, the 1970s um, Tezuka Productions, Mushi Pro, um, super uh, like erotic, psychedelic, potentially drug film. Um, it pairs with was Cleopatra and the Thousand and One Nights, uh, which Discotheque put out Cleopatra and Thousand and One Nights. Some other like one and done company did Belladonna of Sadness, but. Discotech did rescue license Belladonna of Sadness and are putting it out on a 4K UHD disc next year sometime. I swore up and down that I had bought the fucking disc from the other people. And when I went digging through my stacks of anime, there's Cleopatra, there's A Thousand and One Nights, no Belladonna of Sadness. I think I might have been confusing the cover of it for Funeral Parade of Roses, which is an avant-garde uh transgender 60s film from the from japan like i i I feel like my brain was mixing up those covers for some reason so yeah uh didn't watch that one because i thought i had it and then i didn't and so i'm just gonna wait for discotech's upgrade uh the second one was land of the lustrous which a lot of people on the internet still call by its japanese name which i cannot remember what it is um at all but this is the the anime where it's like a magical land where all the people are crystals. Um, like they're they're the anthropomorphic actual crystal of different types of crystals that exist in the world, and they have like weird giant Buddha Hindu spaceship gods coming down and trying to murder everybody. Um, it's very good stuff. I've read I read like the first four volumes of the manga. And then the anime came out, and I think I got to, like, episode 7 or 8, and I just stopped watching it for some reason. I, I don't remember why. It's a very good show, uh, but I didn't, I didn't do that because I would have had to sit down and made time for, for the whole series, and this week was extremely bad. I didn't watch shit this week on any front because my house is under construction by incompetence, um, and it's, it's been an absolute nightmare for me and my wife. So, And then the third main one is Time of Eve, which uh, that is the one that I chose. That's the one I, I ended up only having time for. Um, it, it, it got released on Blu-ray here in the States uh, via a Kickstarter. It, it was one of those, like the Japanese production company hired a shell company in America, and it's, it's, it's essentially an international release. It's not a U.S. only or a Japan only. It's 
for everybody. It's got subtitles from like 20 or 30 different countries on the damn thing. But uh, two different Kickstarters for the two different versions of Time of Eve. There was a ONA series and a movie. I only watched the movie. And then my backups were Kino's Journey, which they didn't specify if it was the original Kino's Journey or the new Kino's Journey that came out just like three years ago. I actually, I have the original Kino's Journey on DVD. I have for many years when uh, we did the, when I had my old podcast back in like 2009, 2010 for the, the anime podcast, I actually let one of my co-hosts borrow my DVD of Kino's Journey. So he watched it and talked about it, but I am a fool and I have never seen it. <laughs> um, so yeah, whoops. was the original because I'm pretty sure the uh, the newer one had a subtitle. You know, I think the original had a subtitle world. too. I think they both had subtitles. Oh, uh, let's see. Kino's Journey the Beautiful. Oh, the the manga is called Kino's Journey the the Beautiful World, and we just never call it that. Um, what are the the series? So let's see. Kino's Journey the Beautiful World anime 2003. And then Kino's Journey, The Beautiful World, the animated series, 2017. Yeah, very different. Yeah. <laughs> very. They, they drew the line in the sand, so you absolutely knew which one was being discussed. Um, yeah. And then the last, the last backup was Sword of the Stranger, uh, animated ninja film from the late 2000s. Um, I have the Blu-ray from when Bandai put it out in 2010. Um, so I went Funimation relicensed it in 2016 and put it out, which I never picked that up because I already had it on Blu-ray, but who doesn't watch anything that he purchases because he's interested in watching it? That would be me. Um, I was going to try to watch this one too, but because of all the construction chaos, um, I was not able to, I started watching it yesterday, but me and my wife had, uh, previous plans. And so I only got an hour into it. And by the time we got home, it was like, no, I'm just going to watch the Time of Eve movie so that we can go to sleep. I do not have the other, the extra 45 minutes in me today. So Time of Eve the movie is the only one I'm I'm talking about. Yeah, it's a shame. Sort of the Stranger Owns. Yeah, it's really good so far. The first first hour, like it it hits the ground running, and then it fills you in on what what's going on and why later. <laughs> yeah, it kicks ass. Okay, right. I haven't watched that in a minute. I should just watch that tonight. Should have watched that instead. <laughs> instead of your anime. Yeah. That was it my right. turn. Yeah. It is that, your turn. What did you watch? No, what did I watch? I closed my uh the window with my list. <laughs> um so this year my Rex, let's see, my my picks were Giant Gorg, uh which I've actually seen and just I guess didn't check. Uh I haven't actually updated my anime list thing in a long time. Uh I don't watch that much anymore. Uh, and the, but like when I submitted my thing this time, I specifically I think I did this. I specifically said I like movies because um, that's a thing I know I can get through. So I got Giant Gorg, which is a relatively short TV series. And then I got two movies, uh, Crayon Shinshan Movie 9, The Adult Empire Strikes Back. Uh, which I did not watch for this, but I'm probably going to be watching it and talking about it on um, uh, the Anime Gamers podcast uh, later. Um, and that was directed by uh, Keiichi Hara, who directed Miss Hokusai and uh, Summer Days with Ku. So he's like been around for a while. 
Um, that's, that's pirating but, only. That would that Funimation. Yeah, would of course. That one. Okay. Yeah, no one, no one's getting to a hundred million Shinchan movies. But yeah, uh, they, I think Funimation put out like four or something. Um, and the other one, uh, what that I, that I did watch was Horus, Prince of the Sun, which uh, we can get into its whole history when I start talking about it. But it's a uh, old uh, anime movie from 1968 that was directed by Isao Takahata, co-founder of Studio Ghibli. Um, and then my bla- my backups uh, were uh, the Blackjack OVAs, which is another thing I have seen, um, at least some of, probably not all of. Uh, uh, and then um, the Dazaki OVA. And then um, Go Senzo-sama Banbanzai, which is a Mamoru Oshii uh ova series that was not on my radar at all and is on my radar now it's just not something i had a uh time for but um i'm probably gonna go watch it later and so is chris yeah because you 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 somehow downloaded the damn thing with like one seater inside of 20 minutes which is the most absurd (laughs) thing i've ever heard of in my life so i appreciate you sharing that that download with me yeah, for sure. All right. And that's me. Cool. Well, let's um, jump straight into things. We will talk about what we've been watching. I watch the most things, uh, more than one thing. So I'll jump into mine, one of mine first, and then we'll bounce back and forth. So I'm not talking straight through. So I don't like that. Um, I watched Franz Kafka's A Country Doctor, directed by Koji Yamamura, released in 2007. It was just on YouTube, if you want to watch it. Um, I... I imagine it's not there legally, but uh, no one's taking it down. So yeah, it was released on on a DVD. It was like a collection of various foreign animation. I have one DVD from that series, uh, but not the one that has it. This one yeah. on it. Okay. Um, so this is about a doctor who is in the country and needs to go look after a young patient. Um, it becomes more and more uh, weird and visually interesting and surreal from there. Um, short story on this one is this is one of the ones where like it takes me a lot to recognize uh, what's going on in in movies and in things that are that are this uh, obtuse about like what they're trying to do and stuff. Um, that was very visually interesting, um, but I didn't watch it again so. I'm very confused about what it is about and what was happening. <laughs> um, you, you watched this like last year, right? Uh, many years ago. I thought you did too, because Ink has been pestering us to watch this since like 2014. And I thought like, because that was when he first watched it and did the yeah. like 10 year later post on fandom post. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know like right then and there, I pulled it up on YouTube and watched it. I swore you did too, but yeah, no. even if you've seen it or not, Ink will make sure to t- to tell you to watch this <laughs> this short film. Um, <laughs> I uh, I liked it a lot. Um, I really like Franz Kafka. Franz Kafka. Um, I've read a lot of his short stories. Uh, the only book by him I have is his complete short stories, and I've gotten through all the longer ones, even though most of them aren't finished stories. Um, and I I'm, I was at a part in the book where it was like just the fragments now with like a couple paragraphs of an idea that he started. And so I kind of fell off of finishing the book, but uh, it's a great story. Franz Kafka is one of the greatest uh, writers 
to ever do it. Uh, he, he, it's definitely like in that realm of surrealism, uh, but it's so unique that it's called Kafka-esque. Um, just like Lynchian, uh, it's, it's a very per- unique perspective and way of telling stories that it's, it's just named after that dude now. Um, I actually recently, Criterion released Orson Welles' film adaptation of one of his novels, which none of his novels were complete, if I remember correctly, but this one was like the most completed. Um, it's called The Trial, starring Anthony Perkins of Psycho fame, and that movie was incredible. Uh, very, very much nails the Kafka imagery and tone. But this Country Doctor anime, because because it's animated, it it's allowed to get a lot weirder. Um, the visuals, like a lot of it, looks very melty, um, almost kind of like that uh, Vincent Van Gogh mm-hmm. made with mm-hmm. paintings film, uh, Loving Vincent. Um, it's just, it's really cool. It's really interesting. Uh, very fun stuff. And it's 14 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think it's like 20 minutes, but still, it's yeah, not a big time okay. commitment. Um, yeah, they do like a lot of this. Um, interesting character design stuff where like their various body parts are being made huge or made very small. And yeah, I mean, it's very visually interesting, but um, I'm not smart enough to <laughs> interpret things at first glance. Mm. You are just fine. A lot of these things aren't expected to be interpreted on first glance, and you might not even <laughs> understand it correctly on a hundredth glance. It's that's part of the intellectual appeal. Yeah. All right. That was uh, Franz Kafka's Country Yacht here. Uh, it was cool. Uh, who wants to go next? I'll go. Okay. Um, so, yeah. So, like I said, I did the Time of Eve movie. Um, I wanted to do both the movie and the ONA series, but didn't didn't have the time to do that. Um, from I did some research. They added a lot of additional scenes to the movie version to make it more of you know a movie. Yeah. Uh, but there, but there are there are still a few scenes that they seemed really inconsequential but people will always make sure to tell you that something's missing on the internet. Um, so there's a few yeah. scenes that are missing that are in the ONA only, but overall time of Eve has the most footage, the most complete story. Uh, so that's why I went with it as my only yeah, option for the, uh, the movie version personally. So let's see. Yeah. So the ONA, it came out in two thousand from 2008 to 2009. It was like one episode every month for three months, and then it disappeared for six months and then came back for the last three episodes. Um, and the movie version was released in Japan in 2010. And I, th- I think we that, I think that Kickstarter for the international release so that Americans could get a hold of it because we only had like Crunchyroll had the, the ONA. Um, yeah. It was never licensed for video. It was only on Crunchyroll. And nobody had picked up or streamed or anything the movie. So the the Kickstarter was a pretty big deal. That's why I jumped in because a lot of people really really like uh, this little this, this short little series. So um, I bought it and I did the Kickstarter for the ONA version that came out later. Um, and there they sat because I'm the worst. Um, yeah, so I am the literal <laughs> worst. Um, and it, I was actually really shocked by like what the the story is actually about. Like the way people try to tell you what it's about, 
and even the the plot synopses is I don't think it does it justice for what uh, for what is actually happening. And I always I always would get Time of Eve confused with uh, is it YYK or YKK? Um, mm. Yeah, Yokohama sh- the Yokohama shopping log. Yeah, uh, which, which which just now is getting released in English from Seven Seas, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, yeah. So basically, it's about a cafe. That's the the main thing. The, the time of Eve is about a cafe, but it the world it inhabits is a world where robots and androids, humanoid looking robots, are. Uh, very widespread. They're a common thing in society. Most people have their own little robot slave. Um, and that's an important way to, to phrase that because that's how they're treated. These robots are treated like slaves because they're robots built to serve humanity. Um, very, very human way to look at things. Um, and so this cafe has one rule, and the rule is you will not discriminate between androids and humans but what what the rule i don't know if it's a translation error um or if it's intentionally kept a little vague it's it's not we don't discriminate it's we don't know so it's it's a safe space for for androids and people who want to interact with androids in, on a level that is more real and not just a master slave relationship I think it is they don't know because the no, it is they don't know. Um, okay, but but they don't. The rule doesn't state, you know, hey, you don't know who they are, so don't be a dick. It's uh, the, the rule mm-hmm. only states no discrimination. Um, and so it takes a a couple like twenty minutes for you to realize, oh, so nobody knows who's an android and who who is a human in here. Mm-hmm. It is uh, mm-hmm. it is against the law for the androids to turn off their their quote-unquote ring which is just this floating hologram above their head that is is like the 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 light on an alexa it's red and then when you talk to it it turns green um so they they have this constant ring over their heads and so that's how you know they're androids and they're never supposed to turn that off but this cafe lets them uh break that rule that law so that they could be as human as they want to be. And what's really interesting is we, it, over the course of this hour and 45 minute movie, um, it's these androids are way more truly intelligent and independent than anybody realizes. And it's, it's not so much that it gives them credit for it's that they are viewed with such a disdain, such a, they are a lower class. They are artificial. They are, made to serve me their tools tools yes um and so in this cafe because you don't know who's an android or not everybody speaks like very normally like the first person that our leads uh rikuo and masaki meet in this cafe is this little girl i think her name was akiko yeah akiko she's very energetic very bubbly like she's a human being um, she talks fast. She knows a lot. She's interested in people's lives. Um, and when she's talking to them, she's like, yeah, no, I love coming here because I, I want to see what, what they think of us. I want to see, um, you know, deeper into them. I want to see them as, as who they are. And, and this cafe gives me that ability to do so. And then like the very next day at school, one of the students at the school is Akiko's master. 
And they're like, well, we didn't see that fucking coming. <laughs> because, yeah, she was, she was an android the whole time. Um, and it's, it's fascinating because the, the way that the story starts is we meet Rikuo, and he's kind of a dick to his android servant. Um, he obviously has an affection towards the android, but, you know, it's very cold. He's very coffee, you know, all this nonsense. Um, and he is looking through her activity log one day, and he finds this phrase, are you having a good time at time of Eve or something like that? Are you enjoying time of Eve? Whatever the phrasing is. And so he uses the GPS uh, lo- locator. What the fuck is that word? Tracker? Uh, no. Uh, like latitude and lo- coordinates. There you oh. go. The GPS coordinates from the activity log to that's how he finds the cafe because he's basically like where the fuck did my my slave girl go um and the whole movie slash series is it really hit me really hard um because it's it's basically a how to stop being a racist douchebag um and it's all about these people um humans that have prejudice have you know their built-in ideas of what this other race of beings um, are and what they mean to them and how they should be treated. Um, it's very disrespectful at first, um, but Rikuo, the main character, he he actually starts to learn, like, oh, hey, you know, to be cliche, because it's not actually what's happening here. It's like, well, you're human, too. It's like what happens with a lot of people when, you know, they move from bumfuck Iowa to a real city and they meet people that aren't white and they're like, wow, I yeah. believed a whole bunch of awful stuff because I'm was awful. And now that I've interacted with people of different cultures and different races, ethnicities from all parts of the world, everybody's just a person. And that that's, that's a big thing for a lot of people to break down that racist wall. Uh, it's essentially the same thing here. He's getting thrust into uh, a world where he has to meet the androids on their level, and the fact that it's because nobody knows who is who, and so everyone's able to act and behave naturally and freely. That he's like, wow, society really kind of treats androids like shit. Um, and his buddy Masaki, he's like the hardcore racist because he had a bad incident happen with a robot when he was younger that involves his his father. Um, so he's got like this, uh, a grudge against the, the androids. And so while Rikuo is learning to be accepting and learning to understand that they're not just tools, they're not just machines, they are fully capable thinking, feeling beings, because that's what AI actually is. It's not scraping the internet for art and words and spitting them out to you when you ask it a question. That's not AI. This is actual AI. Um, and the, the, the end of the series, like the second half, is following Masaki, where it's he's a tougher nut to crack because his personal experiences have, have really locked in this, this prejudice, this, this disdain. And the last episode, if you will, because it's, it's mostly very obvious where each episode of the original ONA ends um, yeah. and where the next one begins. Like it's not, it's not super obvious, but it's not seamless. Uh, so it's essentially the last episode is where uh, Masaki has like a total breakthrough. 
um, and we learn a lot about why he has this built-in prejudice, and we see him melt through, and it's really heartwarming. It's really genuinely great. The thing that sucks is that it was just six episodes, and it was never continued. I thought it was intended to be like a standalone thing. No, they introduced a lot of additional plot elements, and especially like the second to the last scene is um w- so there's like this secret organization that is investigating things, and we don't really know exactly what it is they're investigating or why they've investigated it um though it is a great illustration because I watched the English dub because it was so late last night, and I was tired, I wanted to make it as yep. easy as possible yep. for me um it it becomes really obvious that when actors uh do their lines they are doing them all by themselves and nobody is coaching them on how to correctly pronounce japanese words so Mm. there's like this this mysterious entity and throughout the whole time the 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 white-haired individual who is behind the desk of this secret organization keeps mentioning them shiotsuki and then in like the very last scene one of the regular members of the time of eve cafe you know, we've kind of suspected it, but, you know, and we know, you know, he's actually like maybe a spy for this organization, but we don't know the intent. We don't know the motivations. They're in the same scene talking to each other. And the, the white hair is like Shiotsuki. And then it cuts to the other guy. He's like Shiotsuki. And then it cuts right back Shiotsuki. <laughs> and it's like, oh, God, <laughs> pick, pick, the, pick a pronunciation. Why are you doing this to me? Um, but yeah, so they, they, and then there's this incident that happened, um, many, many years prior. It's not really dove into like what the incident was. We just know that it is called the something incident and it was a big deal for human robot relations. And it basically like last second drops like, oh, the incident revolved around this person that we know because we've been watching them this whole movie in the time of Eve cafe. And then it cuts to that individual and they have like a father figure or something who is an Android. And they're, and then it's revealed that they're basically like revolutionaries trying to fight for uh, robot rights. Uh, and then it just ends. It's like, you get a really solid encapsulated story about breaking through your prejudices, your biases, your built-in racism from society, cracking through that and becoming a better human being and working with androids and humans more more genuinely and copacetically. Um, that's the movie. And then at the very last minute, it's like, so here's where we're going with the story. And you never, never got that. Uh, that sucks. Because it's it's a really good movie. It's a really good, interesting story. It's not it's not actiony. There, it's just it's very slice of lifey, uh, which is why I, this is Corey, one of Corey's favorite stuff because he really likes where it's just like character pieces, and that's I what do. this is. And it's really really good. Um, I wish we got more, or that it wasn't so cliffhangery uh, because it does kind of act as yeah. a buzzkill. Once they knew that they were chopping it up into a movie, like they probably should have kind of rewritten a little bit at the end there. Yeah. Uh, like, cause, because like, I, I do feel like ultimately it wraps up the, the core of the stories. It's like trying to tell right with these specific characters. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And personally, I'm not really all that interested in like trying to examine some big real or like some big world changing like conspiracy type thing anyway. Like, I Mm. don't feel like there's a lot productive there other than like now it becomes a different kind of story at that point instead of being, you know, just kind of like personal prejudice. Yeah. Uh, And like, I I like the uh, uh, I like the uh, the actual like character stuff a lot. I think it's really, really good. It's one of the best versions of this kind of story. It's like because like ultimately it's not really doing much um original right like as far as like oh well android human relations and like this complex like threading this needle behind between like you know uh uh sentience and uh slavery basically right like um where where's the line and are they are they people that kind of thing and but it does it in such a like poignant way that makes it really, really worthwhile. Yeah, it's it's less concerned about the politics, uh, and it's it's more concerned about just that personal connection. And I think that's what right. makes it work so well. Yeah, yeah. And the yeah. flashback in that that last episode where he's treating you know a much more robot-y looking robot as a human, more human than his human looking android. Uh, I think that's like the one of the best moments of of the thing. It was a great, great uh, way to end the series by focusing on Masaki and finally figuring out why he's so hateful and and breaking through that. Yeah, yeah. This is one of my favorite things because like this sort of storytelling where um, you're trying to humanize androids uh is one of my favorite types of stories like ghost this is one of my favorite anime ghost in the shell is one of my favorite anime which has a lot of that too because there's a lot of people that uh have literal cyber brains that are like connected to the internet in ghost in the shell and uh their entire body is robotic so where does that line lie um and then stuff like star trek too with data where like they had an entire episode where they litigate is data uh, a new species is data um, is data a person or an object yeah yeah one of the best episodes of star trek ever yep um so uh the these types of stories are i'm a big fan of um chris complained about the dub uh but i do like the dub just overall um Oh yeah, no. Overall, it was good. It was just that that one word. Like, if you're gonna say something wrong, make it wrong all the time. Uh, like, I, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a that's direction issue. Yeah, like that's someone. That's whoever was responsible for directing it. And you're probably 100 percent right. It was all done remotely and everything. Like, um, like whoever directed it didn't say, "Hey, you're pronoun." Didn't decide on a pronunciation and say this is how it's pronounced. Uh, everyone has to say it this way, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, overall, that's good, though. I think I've watched this between the OAV and the movie, like, three or four times. Um, yeah, probably the same for me. It's been a while, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I actually uh, didn't know there was a Kickstarter for the OVA version. I don't remember that at all. I, so I have the OVA Blu-ray, and it had it came with like eight different slip cover or you know the the insert the for the oh, cover mm-hmm. art. So I only Kickstarters ever did that. So that's why I'm thinking that it was a Kickstarter, but it was so long ago. I'm not sure. 
But um, let me go. Let me go pick it up. It's just on the other side of the room here. See if there's names or anything on it because it's all mostly written in Japanese. So it's like another international release, like the movie. Just put uh, up okay. all of my backed projects on Kickstarter and see if it's there. Yeah, uh, I've got the uh, like the movie one has the Kickstarter logo on it. Oh, does actually, it? I didn't. I didn't notice. Let me look on the one. back. It actually. I'm looking at it right now. It's got a little uh, back on Kickstarter thing. Mm, I don't. Yeah, see there's that. only a movie time of Eve Kickstarter, according to my email. So where did the OVA come from? I can't even make it out. What those I mean, I'm sure said. It is Piper. If it was like a like someone else put it out, like with them, like all the anime or some shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't make out this logo. It's Pied Piper Directions, and then Jazz Rack. Jazz yeah, that's, that's ju- Jazz Rack is just a Japanese licensing for music, so that's definitely not it. Okay, and then the the spine is Direct. They forgot the T, so Direct Eleven. Mm. I don't know. Very weird. But yeah, it's got like four or five different cover inserts. And that's so it, might, it was a special yeah. something. It's uh, it's still on Crunchyroll, by the way. Oh. The OVA. The OVA version is still on Crunchyroll. I just I typed in Time of Eve OVA and it came right up. So, oh, uh, I'm checking now. Hold on. Is it I'm, time checking, of my, I'm checking my email. <laughs> yeah. I mean, your email is going to be the one that has it. Because you're the one that bought it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I have a PayPal email that says I bought the OAV, but it wasn't from Kickstarter. Well, apparently my email app does not honor the I would like you to search for all of these words um, mm. instead of just one of the words at a time. Yeah, so it's and searching so, like just Eve. The time. time, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Even putting it in quotes does nothing. Let me search for Pied Piper. Uh... Oh, here. Oh, s- skip. Oh, oh, I Pied found. Piper, they did the skip beat. They did the skip beat Kickstarter. Yep. I knew they did at least one more. Okay, the listing is on, uh, like on Anime News Network has the listing for what you are talking about. The the um the it's it's just listed as an import, so it might have just been something that was done. Directions Inc. Okay. Yeah. So it looks like it was something that they might have done themselves still, but I don't think it was a kick harder. Yeah, and right. that's, that's entirely entirely feasible. Oh, yeah, my, I can't even find the receipt for the OVA on my email. It's just the movie uh, because I searched uh, my paper. Oh yeah, it's still uh, listed in, uh, they have a news listing for it. Yeah, they sold it directly. Um, not as a Kickstarter, but they just sold the OVA it's the Japanese release, but it had subtitles on it. Oh, okay. okay. And they just maybe, sold it maybe they did, a th- did they do, like maybe go through right stuff or something as a special to? Make it, it looks like they accessible. sold it off of off their own website. Yeah, yeah, I can. I don't have an email from Right Stuff. That's probably why I just have like a random PayPal email. Yeah, like I found the news listing. Good. Well, mystery solved. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, and it looks like the uh, the movie version is still available on like iTunes and shit like that too. Oh, nice! So, like you can still get either version of it if you want to watch it. And you should. Yeah. Unlike uh, my movie. <laughs> you, oh, you, that's uh, your movie's totally out of print now, isn't it? It sure is. Well, it's scalper sucks. price movie now. Ew. That sucks. All right. Uh, anything else on time of beef? Uh, no, it was very good. I'm glad I finally uh, had a Secret Santa 
initiative to to watch these yep. things that I have lying around. Which why I, that's how that's why I know whoever my Santa is, like they must listen to the podcast because I'm constantly bitching about me wasting money on all these things that I want to see and just never getting to them because there's more things I want to watch than there is time in the day. Not enough time so, of Eve. Not enough mm-hmm. time of Eve, and so yeah, super appreciate appreciate this. All right, let's move on to my second anime, Pole Princess. Uh, it is about pole dancing. They, these two girls, um, see a teacher, pole dancing teacher, randomly pole dancing in the park for some reason. Um, on like one of those, yeah, <laughs> no, sorry, on one of those jungle gym things. Um, they go to their, to, to her studio eventually, like, they Google her first and find her, and then they go to her studio. They find that, uh, she has lost her final student, which is, like, a, a 78-year-old woman who just could not keep up with her anymore. She had, a, an injury, because she's 78 years old, probably. Um, and she needs four students to be able to keep this studio alive. Why does she need four students and only four students? I don't know. It seems like you need a lot more students. She herself is the fifth member, and five-member clubs is the anime magic rule, whether it's a school club or business. Yeah, obviously. The logistics of how how much are they paying tuition to keep the the ranks paid. but the, anyway, they find out there's a pole dancing competition, and that's what they that's what they're working towards. That's what they want to do. And they eventually find uh, two other people to fulfill this four person requirement. One of them, I believe, is like 17 or 18 years old. She's a cosplayer, so she just wants to like fill fulfill her cosplayer dream of doing the things that the girls do in the anime. And the other one is a former. Uh, I believe it is, yeah, it's a former gymnast who had an injury, and she just wants to do something sporty and artsy. Uh, she's like 20 years old or something. She works at Peaks and Joint. Um, they get all of them. Yeah. They get all of them <laughs> together. They <laughs> they do their thing, and then the final episode, uh, these episodes are like seven minutes each. Um, final episode is like 14 minutes, I think. Uh, it's a little longer. But they... Uh, compete in the competition, and that's when it basically becomes like an idol anime, only for this last episode, and then that's that ends. Uh, that's it. That's that's the entire anime. It was a shit anime, and nothing happened in it, and there's nothing of consequence. Uh, perfect for this podcast. Think, I think perfect. For I still think you were a fool to watch these seven minute episodes once a day. Like that is that seems like suffering. Like you were like being masochistic in those moments. I would have sat down. He's, he's spreading out the pain. Yeah, exactly. No, you don't do that. You rip it off like a band-aid. <laughs> it hurts more in the moment, but it doesn't last. Like, so what I did was I watched one of these, and then I watched an episode of Pokemon, which I've been watching a lot of Pokemon over lunch. Ah, uh, the Pokemans. Yeah. Like the I new Pokemon? Like- uh, I just finished the the previous season and now i went back further to alola but i haven't watched the new one yet because it's not in english yet yeah it's not i still no. think i would have preferred to you know 45 minutes all right one day <laughs> one lunch break get it over with and then you go back to to two pokemons every day instead of one awful thing and one pokemon yeah that's okay mm. i gave away a gig it's too late to kick it back i know I'm just i'm just stunned he just thinks ink you're is, a fool. Ink is awful yeah <laughs> yeah I'm curious what his thoughts are 
on it. Um, because, like, the first six episodes were just kind of normal big sports anime. And the last episode was an idol episode, and we know how much I think loves idols. Yeah. Yes. That was, uh, that was Ball Princess. Let's talk about something else. Uh, Pax, what did you watch? What did I watch? Horus, Prince of the Sun. And there we go. That's what I watched. Uh, yeah, so I watched Horus, Prince of the Sun, um, which, like I mentioned at the intro, is a 1968 uh, movie. Uh, it was directed by Sao Tagahata and produced at uh, Toei uh, Animation. Um, uh, animation director was Yasuo Otsuka, who's another like legendary animator. Um, and uh, it was actually the first thing that... Uh, Takahata and uh, Hayao Miyazaki worked on together before, uh, long before starting Studio Ghibli. It was the first thing they worked on together. Miyazaki was an animator on it. Um, a lot of the story about its production is that it was a lot longer production than most movies were at that time period. And like Miyazaki got to do a lot of like key animation and get really involved in the movie as, as, as the story goes. So that's kind of where their relationship started. Um, it's an interesting movie. Uh, apparently it is based on a, uh, uh, an Ainu like, uh, oral tradition, an Ainu story, but when they adapted it, they changed the setting to be Norse, uh, for basically to avoid any political issues, which is a very weird, uh, angle, but, uh, as I so, yeah. from Golden Convoy. Yeah, so um, I knew being the indigenous people of uh, of of like northern Japan. Uh, uh, yeah, um, I say northern. It's the way that they would say it is Western Japan, right? Uh, um, but uh, it's a interesting movie. Uh, it's obviously, like I said, it's 1968, so it's uh, really. Old, um, but early. Um, it's. I'll be honest. It's a, it's an eighty-two minute long movie, and it feels twice as long. Uh, it's it's got both a extremely slow and a breakneck pace at the exact same time. Uh, it's it's really weird. Uh, it feels like a an early an early like anime film in that it's like not really sure what it is narratively um because it's kind of this character uh horus is uh like literal like his great adventure right like that's one of the titles one of the the titles of it it's like his it's this like great like journey he like he's on just kind of his own little adventure fighting off a bunch of wolves and then he meets a giant rock monster that uh, scares away the wolves and or horse pulls a a giant sword out of his out of his shoulder and it's like oh it's the sword of the sun if you get that so if you are able to wield that sword you will be the prince of the sun kind of thing then Horace's dad dies and he's like go find the rest of, go find the land of the humans and he goes on an adventure and meets a bunch of people uh who are kind of in a really shitty way uh, because of this uh, shitty wizard uh, demon man named Grunwald, who's kind of like tormenting them. And he just has this bunch of little like adventures helping these people while this shitty guy keeps ruining their lives. Like, oh, there's a there's a giant fish blocking the migrating fish up the river. The horse goes and kills it. Then like 
the weather gets shitty and Horus helps stop the weather from getting shitty or like snowy or there's a rats attack. And like, it's a bunch of these little things where he's constantly like trying to deal with the shitty guy. And then this shitty guy six his uh, his like daughter or not daughter sister on them. It's like kind of a secret uh, like uh, like uh, da, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? Um, saboteur, basically, like Horace brings her in to help her, brings her into the village and she's kind of ruining things. She's got like a, a siren like voice. So. When the village is trying to shore up its defenses, if she starts singing, everyone stops working. She starts kind of helping uh, this like shitty like town leader try to like turn the village against Horus. And meanwhile, a lot of her story is around like the conflict of not wanting to be shitty and feeling like she's trapped following her brother's orders. And like it's a lot happening on and on and on the like. The animation is wonderful, uh, especially for the era. It's got some really, really great animation. They do some really cool tricks uh, with like, you know, with cells, uh, just moving cells around and shining lights through cells and shit like that. That's really, really cool. I love like a lot of the action in it. Um, But there is a part of me as I'm watching it where it does almost feel like it's a movie I'm watching as homework. Um, cause it does feel like it's really, uh, pivotal and significant for everybody involved. And it's like historically important for like, for like Takahata and, uh, Oska and, uh, Miyazaki and like what would kind of end up becoming a really huge part of the Japanese animation industry coming out of like Toei. Um, but it still feels like, uh, it, that doesn't make it, um, Great. It makes it interesting, uh, I think is the better way to put it. I think it's really interesting. Uh, um, and I think it's very worthwhile to watch, uh, especially if you give a shit about anime and animation. Um, I think it's really, really worth watching. Uh, but it can feel a little, uh, like I said, like a little almost like uh, homeworky at times. It was released in um, the U.S., long long ago uh um as the little norse prince um like dubbed and everything and uh that's long gone uh discotech put it out on dvd that's long gone discotech did i think eventually put it out on blu-ray as well they did um that one that one uh it still includes the uh the old dub and everything that release is also long out of print now um uh, I think it was as a as a few years ago, it had been streaming a couple places, but I don't think it's streaming anywhere anymore either. Um, I think it's worth watching. I really do. I think it's actually it's like it is fun in a lot of places. It's really, really fun. Uh, but then it it it, it can it can feel a little weird at, at points, too. Yeah, like, I think I think like Panda Go Panda is a great early work from Miyazaki and Takahata that is still entertaining to a modern audience while having that significance. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is, this is, it seems like it's a little more leaning on the, you, you got to be the nerd to, to really get stuff out of this one. It's not as enjoyable for modern audiences. I think, yeah, I think so. Um, 
I don't know. I I I I I could see people getting annoyed with uh, my take on this movie. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it does feel like it, it feels like you could have chopped it up into a bunch of episodes, and it would have worked pretty well because it has a lot of like it 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 does feel like a um uh like a serialized story. Like it's got all these like s- small bits. And it's like, this is an episode, this is an episode, this is an episode, this is an episode. And then uh, uh, it climaxes. The climax is great. Uh, there's a lot of parts I really like about it. I like a lot of the characters. Hilda is a great is great. Um, yeah, it's just a, a, a weird little movie. Uh, great little adventure movie. Um, ultimately, I think kids would still actually like it a lot. Uh it's got a lot of sound. It's got a lot of musical interludes too, which is also where it's like, oh, this is kind of like coming from like a Disney-ish tradition. It feels like. Have you not seen it, Chris? Uh, I'm going to give you one big guess as to what yeah. uh, my situation is. I yeah. own the DVD, but Do you I've own the Blu-ray too. It. No, because because I didn't watch it on DVD, I held my mm. ground and refused the upgrade. If I, uh, I was I was okay, if I watch it and I really like it. Then I'll do the upgrade, uh, but time has has continued to pass pass by. Yeah, but yeah, that's 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 that movie. I think it was fun. I do I regret watching it? No, I think it was uh, or it was very worthwhile. Um, uh, especially just from a historical perspective. Yeah, and honestly, like it's one of those things that's always been on my list that I've just never gotten around to. So. Uh, that's kind of the exact kind of thing that this is for, right? Yeah, exactly. That's the, say, the point of kind of a secret Santa. Yeah. Yeah. And I was, I, I am still very interested in it, uh, because, um, it's not so much a hot take anymore, but it used to be a hot take. I think Takahata's films are more significant, like in an art perspective, like they, they had the, the themes and the style and the, the risks. I think Takahata does better work than Miyazaki, where Miyazaki excels in the the mass appeal. Uh, people, mm. everybody, everybody likes them. Everybody enjoys them because they're designed to appeal to everybody. And he he does have themes and very smart, interesting things. But Takahata, he's just like he's not as interested in universal appeal and more on the individual stories. Like only yesterday is amazing. My neighbor Yamada's is like the most underrated Ghibli film. Tom Poco is in like my top three of Ghibli films. I'm the weird guy who is obsessed with Pom Poco. Um, I haven't seen Princess Kaguya yet. But I mean, I, Princess Kaguya is a legitimate masterpiece. Like. Yeah, that's that's what I've heard. And so anything that's older Takahata uh, interests mm. me interests me more intellectually than anything that's. That's older Miyazaki, even though I have seen most of Miyazaki's older stuff, because they are generally just more fun to watch. Like, who wouldn't want to watch a good old Lupin episode or two? You know, and and I mentioned yeah. Panda Go Panda still is a lot of lot of fun. Um, but yeah, I think Takahata is a more interesting creator, and so that's that's why this I, has always been on my list, and why it probably should still be on other people's lists. I think it should be. All right. Yeah. Um, that was. Horus, Prince of the Sun. Um, let's move on to the final anime. Okay. It's Heavenly Illusion. It is much newer. Uh, anime from 2023 based on a manga that started in 2018. Um, 
The manga is written by uh, Masakazu Ishiguro, uh, and yeah. the anime is from Production AG. Uh, you know anything else about this mangaka, Pat? Uh, it's the guy who did, uh, and yet the town moves. Underrated um, love and a town, and yet the town moves is is fantastic. Yeah, like he's great. He's a great um, uh, comedic mangaka, but he's also a freaking great um, uh, sci-fi author as well. So like, so and yet the town moves is his big like kind of slice of lifey sitcom comic and then the uh the anime adaptation was shaft forever ago it's great um then uh and the the manga version was on like one of those mo- it was on crunchyroll manga forever ago but that's dead now so whatever um uh he did a a short a couple short story collections as well uh one of them was released digitally and then one of them was released in print sky grazer that's a relatively recent print release i actually just picked up a copy of it myself um and then yeah heavenly delusion is his current thing uh if you follow him on twitter you'll mostly see uh him posting pictures from his uh cat comic uh furuto um which he also does which is very good kind of like garfieldy um uh but yeah he's cool and good okay good to know um so this one is about uh maru who is a 15 year old boy and kiyuko who is uh 18 to 20 year old 20 year old according to wikipedia um i did not get a good sense of either of their ages watching the anime but um she... i don't think like, specifics of their ages is that important other than the fact yeah, that she's no. older than him yeah um so she uh they're traveling together in a post-apocalyptic world where there are um don't know what they are monsters they're they're called man eaters uh they do eat people uh, and then they kill a bunch of people it seems there's some sort of other catastrophe that um killed a lot of other people that are unrelated to these man eaters it seems um the anime did not get into that uh, i assume because of the manga had not yet gotten into that and i don't know if it's necessarily um, anchor's going to to just reveal that this early on. Anyway, but uh, running parallel to their adventures is the Takahara Academy, which is um, completely enclosed. Like they, when they walk outside, quote unquote, of their building, there is a dome above them, and then a wall that they cannot, they can't pass any of that stuff. Um, and we don't really know what's going on with them too much. But, uh, they have no distinction. Like, they're not taught the distinction between man and woman. Uh, and they seem to be very cultish and, uh, and, um, I don't know. Uh, like, being, uh, experimenting on in a social, um, social experimentation way. Mm. Um, but the, the main two, Maru and Kiriko, they're trying to live their lives, trying to survive, and they're trying to figure out, uh, the mystery behind kiriko who we learn like five of her so episodes in that she uh was in an accident um her brother was attacked by a man-eater and she tried to uh get him out of like the the mouth of it uh so she crashed uh, a car into the man-eater and pulled her brother out of it but her brother is like they hurt his upper torso and that was pretty much it that was left of him in his head. Um, so at this point, it is either they have swapped brains and 
her brother Haruki is in her body, or it is that she has gone through such trauma that she believes that she is her brother, and that has not been revealed yet either. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I've, I thought this anime is really great, um, and I think the the story between Maru and Kiriko is is very generally interesting. Maru is like a kind of typically horny shonen, and I guess this is a seinen manga, but like he he pretty much shown a protagonist that's like horny. He's a sixteen year old boy and he's horny. Yeah. yeah, I mean I would I don't blame him for that. I blame the like I don't need to see him groping everybody, but there is a lot of like random. Uh, he doesn't grope many people, but there is a lot of like random nudity and sexuality in that way. Um, and the, uh, the, like, growing mystery where they learn one more thing about Kiriko's background and this Kakahara Academy, I just thought it was really well structured and constructed in that way. Um, the anime ends, I think, in a good place, but, uh, like, a lot of anime based on manga, it's just like, and then their adventures continue, and that's just kind of disappointing. Um... And I am reminding why I just prefer to read the manga of them because if the manga volume ends like that, I just gotta wait for the next one. But I don't know if there's gonna be another anime of this. Uh, I do have the first volume of uh, of the manga that Gunpo put out, but I just haven't bought more of them yet. So that's gonna be my goal. Same. I have I have the first volume, but Ed 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 puts out volumes very 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 slowly, except for when they make him the most money. So when uh, so like I had the first volume of Heavenly Delusion and I was waiting and waiting um, and like volume two never came and then the anime was going to be a thing and now he's like up to volume seven. It was like um, so six I'm, is the most recent one that's come out. Uh, yeah. And so, yeah so I haven't, picked, I haven't picked anything yeah. up. I haven't picked any of those up because they just like came out of like very suddenly. Um, oh, here we go. And now there's one new one like every month or so. Uh, it's not that fast. Yeah, he. Um, it feels like it. It feels. It's like not. It. Uh, full disclosure: I, I, I did some work on the manga release. Um, but uh, uh, it, it was one of those things that the first volume came out before the pandemic, and then the pandemic hit, and it kind of slowed to a halt because of that. Uh, and yeah, now like the manga is basically right where the anime ends, like as oh. far as like what's been released in English. Oh, um, that's good. Yeah, so I think it's freaking great. I thought it was great from day one. Uh, like, um, so I was really, really excited about it. I, I haven't watched the anime, actually. I've been meaning to because I've heard it's very well done. Um, yeah. The animation yeah, it's super is like really cool, too, or really good. Yeah. I mean, it's not like anything extraordinary or anything, but like the character designs are great and the animation is um i mean that reminds me why i like to watch anime because just watching anime like this is just very cool yeah and yeah ishiguro is a is a great great storyteller uh and is such a good designer for his weird sci-fi monsters the uh mm-hmm. the the kiriko uh are are so creepy looking uh the his character designs are all really great the the creepy old lady that runs the uh facility is terrifying looking at times yeah uh the uh i don't know uh did the uh like the the anime gets to um kiriko meeting robin right yeah that was like the last yeah. the last yeah. thing and the last it, it, is them leaving yeah it's them leaving after the yeah. uh 
unfortunate stuff that happens there uh, that has, uh, I think, relevance to the character development. But it's never fun when that kind of shit happens Uh, because it is a horrible post-apocalyptic wasteland full of shitty, horrible people and some good people. Yeah, there's some good people. There's also a 13 year old girl running a brothel. Uh, (laughs) Her goal is Uh, to have sex with the people that she finds the most attractive. Yeah, and get money from that's, them. That's that's what most people do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, I, so. I, I really want to watch it. Um, I think I should expedite that because this was released on Disney Plus in Japan, and so it was released on Hulu here. But now Disney is buying out Hulu one hundred percent instead of just like fifty or sixty percent, and they've already started throwing Hulu shit on Disney Plus. So I I have no idea how long anything has to last anymore with Disney swallowing up something else in, in, in its entirety. So who knows if they scrap Hulu altogether, how many things they, they port over to Disney plus. Who knows? I think realistically, like if they, if they scrap Hulu altogether, all these kind of modern anime releases that are from like Disney licensing, a bunch of shit in Japan will just end up on us Disney plus. Uh, that would be the best license, but you should still watch it sooner rather than later. Yeah, man. You know what's That's really annoying is like I can't. I gotta like think to myself to go to Crunchyroll store instead of write stuff, and it's the worst. They should have. I I I I hate a hundred percent of all of that, but it's literally like the the galaxy brainist stupidity thing to not just keep the goddamn domain name for write stuff and have it redirect. Yeah, it redirects. Yeah, like that's does it redirect? Like, oh, I think because I went to write stuff instinctively. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah, it well, does good. Redirect. So then it's fine. That sucks. It's bad, guys. It's real no. bad. They should it's have everything it. else. But you should all you should all watch um and read Heavenly Delusion. You should go do both, everybody. Yeah, yeah, it's a really good anime. I um I watched this over like four days because I ran out of time and I was like, well, let's see how much I can get through. And it turns out all of it. Um, but yeah. Um, In your face, Helen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, it was a good one. I liked this. I liked it. Uh, good pick, Inc. And I, 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 I'm really, it's, uh, it's hard because there's so many different things that are so similar to each other. Like it, a lot of anime, I have a hard time distinguishing which one is the one I wanted to watch and which one is a ripoff that's just very similar. And it doesn't seem like there's anything out there that's close to Heavenly Delusion, but there's that oh, fucking really? an, other other series called Heaven's Design Team, and my brain mm. keeps mixing those up. So every time it's like Heaven's Design Team, I was like, oh, that's the one that Ed was putting out that I, I want to read. And it's like, no, no, that is not it. Heaven's Design Team is also good, though. Is it? Yeah. Okay. It's okay. I like it. You would. Heaven's Lost Property is not good, though. <laughs> that one sounds like an etchy series. Yes. Uh, all right. Anything else on any of our anime? No, they, they were great picks. I really wish um, that I either watched things last week um, when we were I was watching things for the movie podcast instead of preferring to wait to the last minute so it's more fresh in my mind because my plans got fucked i really wanted to watch uh, a few more things all right um our only question here is why didn't i start having league illusion earlier so i could finish gong time and one i did finish gong time so again eating helen hangs two <laughs> um 
I was trying to put I also could we get hell in this, but I was trying to prioritize the things that I knew I could finish, and then I would see what I could get to after that. But also eat at Helen. Yeah. Eat ass. Ass. Yeah. All right. So, no, it's, it's, uh, more, it's less. It's less a more s. 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 Mm-hmm. Uh, do you want to know who your sands were, or you should you wait for the reveal? No, I'm gonna wait for the reveal. Yeah, I'm fine. I don't right. want to break the rules. I mean, no one else is gonna hear this until 25th. So, as far as anyone knows, you, no one broke the rules. This is true. Yeah, I'm okay. Who was my yeah, Santa? Yeah, sure, whatever. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Let's do it. Uh, Chris, you were suggesting anime by Evan Migto. Oh, oh shit! Wow. And Pat, you were suggesting anime by uh Whimsicott Kun. Oh, Whimsy. I didn't. No, not that know. one. I... The other person. Uh, Wingigo, sorry. Oh, oh okay. Oh, Andy. Cool. Andy's Chucky. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Good choices. Thank you, Evan. That's those, These were great picks. I will I will continue watching more as time allows. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, yeah. Finish short of the stranger. Let's just talk about that sometime. <laughs> Sounds fair to me. Ass. I'm always up for it. I need to watch it again. It's been a while. So. All right. Okay, let's close out this episode. We're going to find everyone on the internet, Chris. Uh, you can find me, you can find an account on the Twitters and the Blue Sky. You can generally find me at Serialized and Letterbox, all at GoKoofy. That. Uh, I guess so. The best places to find me nowadays are Anagamers. That's where anything I do these days is going to show up. I have a decent amount of stuff planned to go up on there in the next month or so, like, uh, end of like best of 2023 shit. Um, and I don't really post on Twitter very much, so you can try you go on blue sky, which I also don't post very much on. Um, I'm Pat's prime there. I'm Pat's prime on Instagram too, I guess. Uh, I don't post very much there either. I'm also, I also hang out in the Taiku discord all the time. Uh, so if you want to see me post, that's probably the most likely place you'll see me post publicly. Closed server, you have to go to the awesome cast for the open server. Yeah, sure, whatever then. Um, I'm also in the awesome cast server. I post in there. Uh, so go go join that server instead. Uh, I post on there pretty regularly about toys. What about the Anagamers Discord? Transformers. Oh yeah, and the and the uh, and the Anagamers Discord. I guess I can plug that one too. Right, those are places. If you want to see me post about VTubers, you can go to the Anagamer, Anagamers Discord. I muted that channel. The most uh, the most recent content outside of this that I published was a Patreon-exclusive podcast for Anagamers about VTubers. So if you want to hear me talk about that, uh, go give the Anagamers Patreon $5, I think it is. I honestly don't know. I, I, I assume that's what it is. Yeah. Uh, uh, um, Worst marketing team here. Yeah, I know. I don't. I, I mean, I I don't back the Patreon because I work there, right? <laughs> so why would I know how much it costs? Uh, if you go there, you can listen to me talk about um, Usada Pekara, probably. I don't know. Okay. Corone. Talk, probably talk about Corone. People like Corone still. All right, that's it. That's all I got. <laughs> you Stop can find me on Twitter. X Taikumenko, T-A-I-I-K-U-M-E-N-C-O. Uh, you can find me on other sites on a link tree on my Twitter. And you can find the podcast on Twitter and Blue Sky at Taiku Podcast. Uh, you can find all of our episodes wherever you find your podcast.
podcasts and com. Um, and next six, another season of ass. Uh, Merry Christmas and happy holidays to everybody. Ass. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Should we talk about anime? Yeah, sure. Wait, I should bring up the Wikipedia page so I can say things because I have to do that a lot. Yeah, I'm just doing that right now. What else can I watch? Pole Princess. Forty-five minutes of your life. The anime. Um, Ink is controlling me. I know. He's been trying to get you to watch that for many, many months now. Yeah, because it's on YouTube, and I guess forgot. Like I would watch it way long ago. Like, I tried looking for it on YouTube, and I couldn't actually, like, find it for real. Like, it looked like it was just uh, Roz that I found. Mm. Yeah, Uh, it's probably the real one. It is uh, streamed on YouTube exclusively, I think. Yeah.